Sorry, I was making sure it's gonna <laughs> trying to pull the headphones. Oh, sorry. Okay, I'm I good. I totally, uh, totally botched it for you. Are you even comfortable? Yeah. Okay. I just didn't want to be looking like away from you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that was a horrible setup that I just did for you. <laughs> uh, I need a longer. It's just, yeah, headphone. the cord isn't long enough. Yeah. We'll it's work fine. on that. We'll have. Uh, We're here. Know, yeah, some production stuff to take care of, but. Holy shit. We're back. We're back. How long has it been? Like a month. It's been about no, a month and a half. A it's been about two months since we were here. And I feel like Jean Ralphio. Where's <laughs> the word? Well, honestly, life is hard. There's a lot of shit going on, people. Like, we're trying. We're trying to give it our best. Just give us a break. <laughs> Jesus. But alas, our kids asleep has returned and we don't really have an agenda because this is what I'm, I guess this is going to be an exploratory episode, right? Like, yeah. what's happened since we've been gone? Let's start there. Um, we've watched some stuff. A lot of cool stuff. I picked up some books. A lot of books. Oh, here's a fun story. Do you know yes. what happens when you stop looking at social media? Yes. You start no. you start reading <laughs> a lot. What a, what a revelation, huh? Yeah, it's it's like suddenly your soul is like released from its prison like some kind of genie and mm. you're able to you're you're like empowered to do all kinds of things. And let's start there because we got to let people know uh so that they get the hint. Uh first of all, do you want to start with our uh our the social dilemma? Yeah, I guess that's where it starts. That's where it begins. Okay. Um, so we watched this Netflix documentary called The Social Dilemma, and it's horrifying. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's essentially like a documentary about uh social media, but even more so than social media, like internet, big internet companies, just harvesting our data with no consequences and yeah no like financial anything you get and a real sense with that documentary that you you finally see your place on the hierarchy there where you are just a number you are just uh, another lab rat for them to to take advantage of and your your data is more valuable than you are as a human being. You know what I felt like after watching that movie? Huh. You remember in The Matrix when Neo wakes up <laughs> in the field of humans and, being and all harvested? the other the other uh, energy fetuses. It's a little dramatic, but that's how I felt. Well, it's it paints a picture because a lot of us and myself right now, I'm I'm going through it where I can't disconnect as much, even though I, I really want to. Um, but it's, I want to commend you because it's a hard thing that you're doing. I mean, now you're at week two, mm -hmm. two straight weeks without getting on Facebook, which or is Instagram or, or Instagram or Twitter, which is insane mm -hmm. to me. Like I, I have a really hard time with it right now. Um, yeah, I, but it's reduced. So the social dilemma is essentially a bunch of ex employees of these companies, Facebook, mm -hmm. Instagram, Pinterest, Google, Apple, too close no i just i want to get you to talk through the side so that okay. you're not um yeah plosives. plosives um so it's about like all these ex-employees of these companies 
um, uh, have these interviews with these documentarians just about like partially like why they left Mm -hmm. and the issues they have with the companies and like the ethics of the things they invented and how like they were just being invented and no one was thinking about should we do this yeah there there was no no sense of of thought about what the scaling up would do to it yeah i mean to them i think initially it was just a couple of guys in in an office or in a computer lab trying to put this stuff together but they never really got a sense of how this could impact people on such a massive level where now we're talking about facebook having two billion people on the platform and they still don't want to take the responsibility of of a publisher or a a place where you can where you can share whatever you want Mm -hmm. essentially that could be truth or lies whatever you're willing to pay yeah and i think there's an element of um uh optimism that a lot of those employees had like they just they felt that what they were doing was for the for the good of society like they didn't they didn't feel like they were creating something that would be used in the ways that it's being used right and i think that that's that was a pretty common theme among all of them was like we didn't know what this is going to be used for and we don't condone what's happening now and we feel complicit if we don't speak out yeah and it was it was a great statement for them i thought uh that they were able to move away from that but uh you know at the same time i mean they they can wash their hands of it because there are bigger players you know at those companies and folks who will always have a say you know uh i.e mark zuckerberg zuckerberg zucker verb (laughs) (laughs) a zucker is is somebody who abuses power uh, in the digital realm, in the digital space. So you've heard it here. That's exactly what that is. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I can't talk. And I haven't even had anything to drink. Mm-hmm. Um, but alas, um, I don't know. I, I thought that it was a, an interesting reexamination of what we already knew, but it was more severe, more to the point, and And like, it really drove it home for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does feel like we're trapped. Like, for me right now i'm I'm trying to do so much with you know the blog and a lot of the things like the podcasts and stuff like that that i feel like if i don't do those things i won't be able to really share it with anyone and and so i'm kind of conflicted in that i really just want to disconnect i want to pull the plug but i also want to share things in a different way or if there were a different medium that could be used um to share this with other people. Um, but you realize that that's the default. I mean, if you want to say something to your people, your community, you go to Facebook. Mm-hmm. At least that's for us because we're old. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's the same case with like younger, younger kids who go to Snapchat or, or TikTok or whatever it is. They are beholden to some corporate entity that wants their information. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm conflicted about that. Like if, if I should just stop altogether or what? Yeah. And I think, you know, for someone like you, it's a little bit different of a situation than for me. Like, but is it, I mean, I I think the problem with Facebook specifically is 
who's really looking at what you're posting? Mm-hmm. Like when you post a blog, who's actually looking at it? Nobody by, Nobody. by the metrics. <laughs> and I think, and I don't think it's because they don't care, but I do think it's because they are so inundated with information mm-hmm. that they just keep fucking scrolling. That That is correct. You know, and it's and like, I do that myself. Yeah, I do that too. And I think that that completely defeats the purpose of what you're doing in the beginning, which is trying mm-hmm. to connect with people, trying right. to share your content. Yeah. And that's and that's a very valid point of folks not um we're we're out of practice communicating in a different way other than these short little spurts of rage. I just think Facebook is passive. It's passive interaction. It's not yeah, like, you, you, know, can, you like, consume and you walk away. Right. And I think that's probably thing. most of what's happening on Facebook. Like, there's only, like, a certain percentage of people that are actually mm-hmm. posting. But um, most people are just reading, consuming, and yeah. and keep scrolling. But, I mean, a lot of the the other part of the documentary was the social toll that social media can take on people specifically younger people but older people too yeah Um, i think a lot of a lot of the older people think that they're impervious because they know better but even though we know better we're in the thick of it right we yeah yeah and and i think that that was like the most um jarring part of the documentary to me was when the the creator of pinterest (laughs) <laughs> like the print, the president of Pinterest was like, yeah. I would leave work at Pinterest and come home and be on Pinterest and mm-hmm. not be able to put it down. Yeah. He's like, and then realizing that like, I created this thing, but it's working on me. Yeah. Of all people. Yeah. And you're just like, no one is immune to this. Exactly. And because, because they have taken such delicate and specific steps to develop something that is beyond their control even that now we're at a point where there's no turning back really from the situation and i i was horrified and i was really intrigued by the phrase they used which was they had a race to the bottom of the brainstem which meant that they they are looking and each company each corporation in their own way are trying to get enough data to find the best way to implant on you to like imprint the the mechanism of of retention mm-hmm. where where they make this an essential thing for you mm-hmm. and you need it to survive like crack cocaine or like some other kind of addiction they they want to refine these algorithms so that you are stuck there mm-hmm. 24/7 regardless of who you are i mean that's that's the crazy thing is that they're not going after a specific type of person or, you know, like anyone, everyone, any human being is going to fall into that trap and we have no way out. And that's, that's a horrifying thing because they're doing it in a, because they're pretty much mapping the brain to see what works and what doesn't. Right. And that's scary shit. Yeah. And you say that there's no way out, but there is. And and I think yes. that um, there's a they talk about this in the documentary too is the collective will to do so yeah and the fact that there is none <laughs> um, no I and, mean it's because it's a perfect time 
to invest in civil war. If you if you consider this, uh, a lot of smart people know that in order to sow division, they will there there is money to be made in that, you know, and and you need a proper. In order to do that, you need a proper way of dividing people, and social media is the perfect breeding ground for that. Yeah, Facebook is the perfect breeding ground for that. Yeah, I um. So anyway, the documentary is very good. It's a little doom and gloom, but at the very end, they kind of pull it back with some optimism (laughs) and some solutions. I mostly took the gloom out of that. If you didn't notice, I was to the I was at the point where I was like, okay, I'm either going to turn this off or they need to turn this around. Like, (laughs) I don't want (laughs) to be like super depressed at the end of this. Um, I don't know, but at the end of it, you know, after we finished it, I we just kind of talked about it for fifteen or twenty minutes, and you know trying to come to the conclusion of like what is the right answer when it comes to social media is the right answer to completely unplug like completely cut the the cord or is it somewhere you know or do you just keep doing what you're doing at the same rate and hope for a different result which is insanity Mm -hmm. yeah or do you find somewhere some sort of middle ground where you are using very moderately to a point that you can live with yourself about and you know right now i found social media to be just intolerable like i was getting so i and i was getting so upset but not really realizing how much it was affecting me Mm. and just like feeling like i was going to break down at any moment for no reason and you don't realize the toll it takes on you until you stop looking at it. And you're just like, oh, like this is what my life feels like without constantly being bombarded with other people's opinions and just the bullshit and the, you know, like. It's because you forget the reference point that you had before. We can't remember a time without it. Yeah. So when you go back to that center of, oh, so if I don't look at a screen or if I don't look at something, you know somebody's news feed for you know this amount of time it's like nothing's going to happen i'm going to be a normal right. human being again yeah nothing changes mm-hmm. other than your own well-being <laughs> like you're not missing anything yeah you know and and i think that's the hardest thing for most people is feeling like you're missing something and you know you're really not <laughs> and you know i just I got to a point where I was like, okay. And and another thing in the documentary that really stuck with me was one of those developers was like, they were, they were giving you solutions of what you can do. And then first thing first, they were like, take them off your phone. Yeah. All of them. Take the apps off your phone. He said, do you walk around with cookies in your pocket? No. Mm. <laughs> so take them off your phone. It's unnecessary. Yeah. It's not a good thing for your and brain. That's a, a perfect description yeah. of, of the situation. It's just that shot of, um, what is it, serotonin mm-hmm. or, th- that yeah. you get when you see a notification. And they're like, okay, so take them off your phone, turn off all notifications, all of them. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I did all of those things. And, um, you know, I do think that that, that alone, I've not deleted any social media. Nothing has been deleted. Mm-hmm. I'm just not looking at it. Yeah. And that alone 
Because it's it's the problem is that when it gets on your phone, it's just a, a thumb movement yeah. away, and you're back in business. Yeah. Um, but you can actually create a little bit of distance with a desktop, you know, and and obviously you haven't even gone in that way, right? Like no, nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good for you. Good for you. The problem is I have a computer everywhere I go. and Yeah, but I mean, so does everyone. And I mean, yeah. I think that that's, um, you know, maybe not everyone. I mean, a lot of people, I think, only have their phone. But mo- most people, I would say, have access to a computer in every place that they are. Hmm. Whether it's their home, their work, their car. <laughs> you know, like there's a computer everywhere. Yeah. And if there's a computer, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's Twitter. There's Reddit. There's whatever your vice is. Mm. Um, and I think I'm not someone with incredible willpower. In fact, I have terrible willpower. I have incredibly <laughs> bad self-discipline and I just, I have a horrible time sticking to anything. So I'm not going to say right now that I'm never going to get on Facebook ever again. Cause that's <laughs> not probably not the truth. Yeah. But I've told myself that I'm not going to get on until after the election. And even then, I don't know if I can do it. It's going to be a scary place. It's going. It's, it's it has be very... been a scary place, and it's going to continue to be that way. And I don't, yeah. I don't want to contribute to it anymore. I don't want to partake in it. I just, mm-hmm. I feel like I've gotten to like I found I I got to a breaking point, mm. and I think the the documentary just kind of pushed me which, past that. Which is a great thing. I mean, you because you need that time as well to reset. Mm-hmm. on your own terms and figure out it it doesn't matter and plus you already voted i mean you, you yeah i already you know, voted we already voted vote guys go but I get out there it. do your shit vote so nothing that like yeah i mean joe it, schmo that i knew my my junior year of college that's gonna say about trump is gonna change my opinion like that's not you've already made up your mind and, yeah. and so move on with with your life for a moment you know change is coming if we get out there and do it but I mean, there, there is a, a point where you got to realize as a human being, you're not built to handle this much information. No. The problem is not the, that by turning away, you don't disagree with it. Because I, I feel that a lot of the time, um, you know, I'm fortunate that I, I have a lot of friends that, you know, we, we're pretty much agreeing on everything that's, that's on, you know, on the newsfeed, right? But too much of that like is overwhelming to me like i i feel that i'm getting a lot of the same thing and and i'm like i i just i get it you know i think that's just as bad as having people in your newsfeed that disagree with you well yeah that's that's what i'm saying is is that it's it's overwhelming even when you're in agreement with, with i don't think it's just overwhelming i think it's detrimental like, I think it doesn't... Well, we're in an echo chamber. Yeah, it doesn't... Yeah. And I know that phrase gets overused, but, like, that's all Facebook is. Mm. Is because you're... It only shows you what you want to see. Mm-hmm. So, you're only going to see... Because you can literally control that. I mean, I know the algorithm is controlling it, but I've literally unfollowed people that I don't want to hear from. So, not only yeah. is the algorithm choosing who i see i'm choosing who i see and that's not really how life works (laughs) so yeah and and it's a tough realization because i mean i i guess we we're just more okay with it here because we live in wyoming i mean it's 
in a lot of places where we're going to go, there's going to be folks who are not going to agree with us on anything. Um, but finding that, that middle ground, which is very virtually impossible now. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't even know. I mean, I don't even know what the answer is, but I feel like we just, we, we have to get off of that, Yeah, you know, because we're getting that confirmation from, you know, the people that we agree with. And a lot of the time we don't see but you know, and, and we don't uh, see clearly. I know you probably got to this point too, but like even seeing people that I agree with posting upset me. Well, because it's too it's too much. It's too much. It's and too much. Like when, and so we're already overwhelmed. We were talking about when Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. Yes. And I heard about it on the radio coming home from work. Yeah. And um <laughs> I I instantly thought I'm not going to have to see 20 posts in a row at least by the same people that i would expect to be posting about it of the same article the same phrase the same i i, I just thought thank yeah. god i don't have to see that i heard it once i thought about all the implications of her passing away right now i knew all of that I know the implications. I know what's going to happen. I know the Republicans are going to go back on their word and nominate somebody. I know all of that instantaneously because I've been following things. I don't need 25 of my friends on Facebook to tell me all of that shit. And it's at the same time. At all at the same it's time. It's all at the same time. And so I just, that moment alone yeah. made me go, yeah, I made the right decision. Yeah. And again, it's <laughs> not to say that you don't care any less because it was it was a of course i it's care a, it's a shitty situation and it's awful but we we need rest human beings need rest yeah and and we're not built in our in our primitive brains we're not capable of handling this much information yeah and so it's that's what's detrimental about it yeah i mean i would like to say that i'm not anti social media mm -hmm. But I am anti no regulation on social media. <laughs> like you have to I, have some kind of moderation, some sort of yeah regulatory system, even if it's self imposed. And and I, Ooh, I, I, don't I know. but I, I think that think... requires again the the collective goodwill requires a lot of it requires an educated populace to know what it is that is happening to them. And most people whose lives are miserable right now because of COVID, that is their only escape. To yeah. be angry at somebody else is their escape. Mm -hmm. To be forgetting about, you know, the fact that they don't have a job or they can't put food on their table. Mm -hmm. Was that Oscar? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like there's so much trouble and heartbreak in the world right now that even even being upset on social media is an escape to mm -hmm. somebody who's who's suffering a lot right now yeah um so it's very difficult to look beyond that to look past that frustration and anxiety because i mean the world is is falling apart mm -hmm. um but i but i also think it's a, it's a two-fold problem in that i'm really plosiving it up did you hear that no all kinds of plosives and shit <laughs> This this motherfucker spitting. 
<laughs> like nonstop. What's going on? Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like that, that is part of the issue, right? We need an educated population that knows what it is that's happening to them as they go to social media. And they need to, they need to have clarity of mind, which right now is impossible because, you know, the world's on fire and we don't have any money and we don't have, you know, the basic things that we need in our hierarchy of needs. The, and the other problem is that the government that is supposed to regulate these goddamn companies does not, is not up to speed on this. You know, you're talking about 60, 70 year old Congress people who have no idea what is actually going on behind the scenes. And so when they have these fancy congressional hearings that look like they're doing something, I, I mean, it's, it's really just theater because they're, they're asking how to unlock the goddamn screen, you know? <laughs> and so the people that are supposed to lead this are not equipped to handle this problem. And that's just one of the many things that is wrong. So many things. So many goddamn things. So in conclusion, Andrew Yang <laughs> for 2024. Andrew Yang 2024. <laughs> Let's go. Yang gang. Maybe if Biden gets elected, he'll put him in charge of technology. He's he's going to be, yeah, he's, he's going to have a position in the cabinet for they sure. They need but, to make a new position for him. Right, right. Um, I thought, I mean... This is to be expected, but the one thing that I noticed that Biden is doing well is he's going to use every single candidate that that was that he was competing against in the Democratic primary in his cabinet. Yeah. Like he's got Pete Buttigieg, you know, obviously Kamala Harris. Who's and what's Pete Buttigieg doing? For he's him? he's I believe he's going to oversee the um, the White House staff or something oh. like that. Like. Um, or, or he's going to be part of the transition mm. in, in some shape or form. But they're all going to be involved. They're mm -hmm. all going to have a part. And I think that um, even like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and I mean, they, they got to get the gang together, you know, in mm -hmm. some way. and Get the gang back together. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a recurring theme in my life right now. So I just got to shout it out. Yeah. Um, but I mean, we know what we got to do. We got to vote. We got to we got to make a change. And. I really hope that you guys get out there and do it. Stop fucking around. Just go and vote. Do it yeah. right now. Do it right now. If I you mean, live in Wyoming, just do it right now. Don't Oscar's, wait. Oscar's going to fall. <laughs> He's clearly feeling better. Yeah. Clearly. He's <laughs> so Oscar has been throwing up for the last day and a half. So we took him to the vet thinking he ate something that he shouldn't have. And it turns out he just has a, a case of spicy tummy. Probably from eating some spider he shouldn't have eaten. Get off, Oscar. Get out of there. And now that he's feeling a little better, he's getting into all kinds of mischief. Dude, get the fuck. <laughs> he's rubbing up on my camera. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. I thought you were sick, man. All you do he's is wreak like, havoc. He's like, I am feeling better. Yeah, he's, like, he's fine. He's got a... My body's literally, he literally healing, <laughs> healing itself. itself. He's got a pep in his step and everything. <laughs> Sitting mm -hmm. on everything. Mm -hmm. Look. Oh, buddy. He was so upset yeah. at the vet. He just was... He's like, what is happening? Why are you <laughs> taking me here? Yeah. So much trauma. That's, it's all good. I mean, I, I had a feeling. I mean... I was scared for a little bit earlier yeah. today, but, um, I mean, he's a sturdy cat. He, he's young. He'll he, be okay. He'll bounce back. He's fine. But 
Anyway, so so that the was, moral of the story is yeah. Maddie's not on social media anymore, at least for now. So and don't add her people. Don't bother her right now. Well, and it's like if you're not shoot her an email. If you're upset that I haven't looked at the meme you sent me, which is like three people, <laughs> it's it's not. I'm not ignoring you. I just haven't looked. So I texted your sister today. I was like, I have. To, I forgot to tell you, I'm not on social media. So I'm sorry if you <laughs> sent me stuff and I didn't. I did. You thought I was ignoring you. I'm not um but anyway i but i didn't want to be like taylor tom like that taylor tomlinson bit where she's like hear ye hear ye yeah and you're making a, a break from a grand media. statement of <laughs> hashtag brave of your departure yeah so um but because i'm not on social media i went through like a super dry spell of re- like i didn't read for like I don't know, two or three months. Well, because your brain was on fire because of <laughs> the fucking yeah, pandemic yeah, yeah. and everything. Well, uh, yeah, maybe, but like, okay, so I, so I stopped looking at social media, and then I had some books that I'd bought while your sister was here. Um, so I picked up Children of Blood Virtue. No, Children of Virtue and Vengeance is the second book in the Blood and Bone series. Mm. And that was awesome. I finished that in like a week. Mm. And then I read um, Mexican Gothic by Sylvia Moreno Garcia, which was super spooky. (laughs) It was a great... uh, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Very spooky. (laughs) Um, That was a really good book, but it, it really threw me. You said you were scared, huh? It's very scary. Like you didn't want to come upstairs that one night? But it like, it just was not what I was expecting. It just really threw me for a loop. Mm. But um, no, it was very good. Um, so I'm just, I'm trying to use to be my, useful yeah, to use my time more, yeah, use my time more productively. Yeah. Well, I think you've done, you've done awesome. And I'm really proud of you because <laughs> that's, it's a burden. It's a difficult thing to do. Um, and hopefully I'll get there too, but. I'll balance it out. <laughs> I was laughing at myself because I was like, oh, you can get your news from other sources. <laughs> like NPR has an app. <laughs> it's like, oh, what? You mean like I can't get it spoon fed to me yeah. on my feed? BBC. Are you insane? BBC. You can look at NPR without a comment section. <laughs> like, that is the most beautiful thing about the NPR app and the BBC Absolutely. App. Absolutely. So check that out, folks. Get your apps. And uh, sign out of your goddamn apps. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, an important lesson. So what else are you going to do other than the Scrabble games that we're going to have now that we have more time on our hands? Um, Am I allowed to tell tell them how much I beat you by the other night? I I guess. I mean, we have to. Here's a caveat. (laughs) I had a very bad evening. Like I had a headache. I wasn't feeling very well and I was tired. So, yes, you go ahead and broadcast this shit. <laughs> I beat him by what, like 20 points? It was it was 30 points. 30 Let's points. be fair here. Let's be. <laughs> but the games good. are usually closer. They are. Yeah. The games are I mean, come on. Yeah. You you got to be fair. You got to <laughs> be fair with me on good. this. It was good. So, next time we play, it's going to be in the middle of the day mm-hmm. after we've slept a decent amount and uh and no wine. Maybe a little caffeine. Maybe a little caffeine because our to sharpen the focus. Our brain needs to yeah, yeah for the brain teaser. Um, 
Oh, and another thing I'm doing is taking an intro to ancient Egypt course on Coursera. Yeah. And that's that's pretty exciting because I've been on that kick, you know, with the master classes, but something like that I think is so up your alley and and it's gonna be super exciting. But tell them what it is or what led you to that because that was yeah. super interesting. <laughs> so we're watching the Prince of Egypt <laughs> <laughs> with uh, with our son and um by that the, shit got real. It got real real fast. <laughs> Try explaining the story of uh the plagues to a kid. Um, so by the end at the end of the movie after we put our kid to bed and we were talking about just that story and like how much of it is historical and how much of it is fictitious Mm. uh, or biblical however you want to look at it um and so then I started thinking like, oh, it'd be cool, you know, and I, I've always, I didn't study ancient um, history in, co- in college. I took a couple courses on it, mm-hmm. but it wasn't my focus. Yeah. And um, I had always kind of wanted to learn about Egypt, ancient Egypt, and like, I loved the mummy as a kid. The mummy was a shit. It's so sick. But like, I'm really interested in how people in ancient civilizations lived like their day-to-day lives and my friend uh a friend of a friend uh dr debbie sneed uh (laughs) she wrote she studies disability in ancient greece which fucking blows my mind like i've read some of her work and i'm just like what (laughs) like that is the most like that's such an amazing like thing to focus on Mm -hmm. for your like post uh graduate work and so that kind of got me i was my wheels were kind of already turning about that and then we watched the prince of egypt and then i got to thinking about the bible specifically as literature because i'm not i'm not religious i'm not i don't think of it in terms of religion i think of it in terms of history and i there was a course in college that i wanted to take called the Bible is literature, but I was never able to fit it in. It was an mm-hmm. English course and I had, you know, I was a history major, so it, was, it never happened. Um, but I was interested in studying the Bible in that, through that lens. And so a couple things <laughs> happened all at once. You sent me a bunch of links to like online course resources like Coursera. Mm-hmm. Then that's where I f- that's where you found the intro to ancient Egypt um, class at the University of Pennsylvania, I believe, or Penn State. There was one, yeah, it was Penn State, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I enrolled in that, and I it's essentially like a really basic intro class, mm-hmm. like maybe even more basic than what you would actually get as a freshman or whatever. Yeah. Um, and there's like video lectures that you you watch and then you take quizzes and and there's like texts you can buy that sort of complement the lectures and stuff. So I'm doing that. Yeah. And then on top of that, I emailed an old professor who taught that Bible as literature class, at the university, um, just kind of asking him about what text he used for that course. Mm-hmm. And he was kind enough to send me his syllabus. He's not teaching anymore, but he sent me the syllabus the yeah, link that was to the very syllabus. nice of him yeah and yeah. he said you know if you need any help or if you need 
other resources, just let me know. I've been organizing my library for the past three months. <laughs> so it was very nice of him. Mm. Dr. Eric Nye, shout out to Dr. <laughs> Eric Nye, the University Knowledge. of Wyoming. Yes. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of um, where, where all of that ended up. Yeah. Well, it's kind of nice to hear because it puts you in a different mindset when you when you give yourself time, when you allow yourself to have a little bit more time to yourself rather than these kind of, you know, artificial um, sort of impressions that we're getting on social media. Um, I thought that it, it just kind of went hand in hand where you started to really think more clearly about what specifically you, you're interested in again, because we kind of talked about this and that we kind of start over after we have a kid, yeah. you know, like you, you have to assess what kind of person actually am I now? Or like, do my old, uh, passions or, you know, interests still have a place mm -hmm. in, in this new part of my life? Yeah. Know? And for me, it was almost like having to remind myself, like, I feel, I felt like I had forgotten yeah. what I liked. Like I would ask myself, what do I like? And I couldn't come up with yeah. an answer. Yeah. And that was really scary. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, you feel like you're losing yourself a little bit. Yeah. And I know that's a pretty common feeling among mothers, particularly, yeah. um, because you're so in it. You invest for so, much. so long that you just, it's really easy to lose yourself. Yeah. And social media does not help that. <laughs> You know, and like you're just worse. sort of you're inundated with like, you know, this sort of ethos of like, you need to be living your best life every moment or what the hell are you doing here? You know, and it's mm -hmm. just like that is so um, just destructive. It's so destructive mm -hmm. and it, it makes you feel so bad mm -hmm. about yourself and about like what you're doing with your life and um or not doing with your life. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, it took me, I feel like it took me a really long time to realize that that was blocking me from seeing clearly. Mm. And to, you know, cause you're, I was constantly passively uh, observing the world through this tiny window. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't allowing my brain to think critically about my own world. And, you know, my own desires and passions that were there, they existed. I just couldn't access them. They were just pushed back. Yeah. Because your brain wants the high. Right. Of, of Yeah. Anything. And it was like nothing else mattered. Yeah. It's like yeah. all that stuff that I should be thinking about and, and, and ruminating about took a back seat because mm -hmm. I had to see what yeah. everybody what the whatever shit everybody else was doing <laughs> you know so um i do feel like like a veil has been lifted off my eyes mm -hmm. kind of and, yeah you know not that i'm gonna like go back to school and become a you know whatever become indiana jones but i do feel like a renewed sense of curiosity and Which i think is, that uh, that's something that like that's like a hallmark of my personality mm -hmm. is curiosity. And I feel like it was deadened by life. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. you know, but getting that back is a beautiful thing and I'm glad that you have it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it never left. It just yeah. got pushed around for a little bit, but I'm really glad that this is happening now. Mm -hmm. It's a great time for it. Yeah.
I agree. Because you got to hold on to it. But um, yeah, I mean, that's that's about as great a um, time to kind of call it, I think, because it's regardless of how bad things are, I think that we have to look inward and try to find the hope within ourselves that we can make something better for ourselves. And then from that, maybe we can start making a, a difference, mm-hmm. you know, in other ways. But we got to take care of ourselves yeah. in some way. Got to take a breather. Got to relax for a little bit. Oh, something mm-hmm. else new that we did. We oh. watch sports documentaries now. Ah, fuck yeah. <laughs> so next episode, this is, I, I think that we should we have, have like a whole episode on those two shows. Yeah. So I really want to talk to Ryan to see if he'll come and talk to yeah. us about soccer because we uh, are currently watching All or Nothing, the documentary on uh well it's the second season but it's uh oh it is what's the first season the first season followed that bullshit team manchester city oh okay. uh on their quest to we're gonna have know. to watch that one too even though you don't like them yeah yeah i mean we'll put up with that bald fraud <laughs> guardiola <laughs> not my house yeah um, i'd like to talk to ryan but we'll, we'll shoot the shit with ryan and and get him on here and uh we'll do that in conjunction with the other documentary that we just finished called the last dance mm-hmm the uh has he seen that one too i don't know i'll I'll have to talk to him about it but it's it's been that kick you know of of um we're not sports people no not really i mean i mean you like soccer i like soccer a lot but i'm not that devoted to any sport but i find (laughs) them interesting yeah those documentaries uh we have a lot of opinions lots to say so tune in next time we'll try to get you another uh episode here soon but what do you think gonna call it yeah, I think that was good. Okay. Like we rambled, rambled on. I ranted half the episode. I don't give a shit anymore. Let's <laughs> let's just do this. <laughs> Oscar's tired anyway. Yeah, yeah. We got to put the cat to bed too. <laughs> so uh, have a great night, guys, and uh, let us know how you feel. Tell us about your life. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That's right. We love you. Have a great day. Good night.